G'day guys, welcome to episode 210 of Ask Jack D. We are super excited to be joined by a very special guest for our first episode, coming back from the Europe trip that I've just been on for a month. Have you done much oh, traveling, Taryn? Oh, my heart for you. I know. Yeah, it I was, was watching your photos. It was difficult. I was so you were you were following on Instagram, were I you? I was, yes. Did I make you jealous? Yes, you did. Good. Yeah, suitably jealous. Where, yep. where, of the places I went, where have you been? Where have you not been? I haven't been to Egypt. I've spent a bit of time in um, in France, yep. a little bit of time in Italy. Yeah. Um, done the the Heathrow injection and gained all my weight. Yeah. On yeah. the way through. Yeah. 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 yeah not I do. That. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so many people have hinted at that today. Like, so going to the gym now, you mate? Post holiday diet, is it? Um, I do France and Italy way too well because I yeah. eat too much food mm -hmm. and I tend to drink too much wine when I'm on holidays. There's so nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I don't need to no. feel guilty, do I? No, no of thank not. you. Taryn, you can come anytime. Come, come back in the middle of winter, you can just wear lots of layers. Yeah, exactly. Hide all those sins. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've been to the gym every day since I'm back, so I'm, I'm doing my best to, to repent my sins. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, for those of you that aren't familiar with Taryn Williams yet, you should be. Uh, she's one of Australia's leading entrepreneurs. She's worked as a model for nine years. She started Wink Models in 2007. She represents over 650 talent, has head offices in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane, and has more recently launched The Right Fit, which is a digital marketplace disrupting traditional talent agencies, which is so awesome because you kind of, you've got the traditional modeling agency, yes. which is quite substantial. And you know, that's not a small business. And then you, you've also started the new one, The Right Fit, which is almost disruptive to the old one in a yes, sense, I would imagine. that's the one people people keep saying. Why would you do that? Why would you cannibalize your own business? Because if you don't, someone else will, will, right? Exactly. What was your thinking? Talk to us about that in terms of the strategy. Around, was, was that the... Was that the sort of methodology going into it? I'd actually, I'd started building tech products for Wink about four and a half years ago to allow that business to scale. So we have gotcha. 650 models. Yeah. So to, to allow that to work and for the systems and processes to work, we needed a lot of um, custom built technology. Yeah. So I started kind of building with that and, and really enjoyed it and enjoyed being in tech and learning how to solve problems. And on the back of that, I was sort of identifying all these new problems in our industry. So things were coming up like social media influencers needing representation and small bits of digital snackable content being produced in such high volumes, like things like tonight and, yeah. and being able to connect the parties to do that. So I sort of identified that there was a need for that and I really enjoyed technology. How could I pair the two together? Mm. And on the back of that realized, okay, this is gonna be disruptive and this mm. probably is gonna change how our industry as a whole works and mm. how it operates. And yeah, as you say, it was sort of disrupt or be disrupted. I didn't yeah. wanna be fighting what could be the future of our industry. I wanted to kind of be at the forefront of that. Your journey is a very cool one. Like, had you, what had you done? Does pre it seem it from the outside? <laughs> <laughs> no, from it the always inside, it's just a tough slog. <laughs> but it, did you just, did you go from model to starting wing or was there any producer so yeah. i worked as a producer as well so event producer show caller and a photographic producer for advertising gotcha. agencies gotcha. yeah and what were the in, if we talk about wing for a second mm. started in 07 so you're in your ninth year what were the keys to growth particularly in the early years for that company i think it was just about learning how to take a risk 
I mm. think um, I'd identified in that industry that there was a lot of things that could be done better and done differently. There was a lot of inefficiencies and inequalities. Yep. There was things that I wanted to change in the industry, the way yep. talent were treated, how they were paid, how, how their um, relationship was with their agents, yep. how agents' relationships were with their clients. So yep. I think I, I saw that those could be solved and that they weren't terribly difficult to solve, mm. but it was about taking that first step and, and taking that risk and going, okay, well, I'm actually going to try with the blissful naivety of youth. You know, yeah. I was 21 years old. Yeah. And I'm going to start my own company. I'm going to start my blissful own Blissful naivety is almost a necessity to start a absolutely. business. Absolutely. Doing it you the second no time around is so much harder. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You need to go. This is just going to be a blissful journey yeah, filled it's with inspirational be easy, quotes. I'll be successful straight away. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Good. Um, now. Uh, for those of you watching on the pre-record, we are also going live on Facebook over here. So hello to Facebook Live, and this is where we'll be getting a lot of our questions from. So all of you watching on Facebook Live, hit us up with your questions in the comments below. Uh, before we get to that, Rosie will share them in a second. Um, I'm interested, to what degree has PR for you, for you and your businesses played a part in your growth? A huge part. It's definitely played a huge role, yeah. um, both personal branding-wise and branding for both of the companies and differentiating both of those companies because they are very, mm. very different in their mm. offering. And we needed PR to make that really, really clear to our client base to mm. ensure that they understood the differing offerings um, of each company yeah. and then how my role fits across both businesses. So yeah. it's been a really important part of my journey. It probably wasn't something I realized starting out and thought about very strategically. I think mm. it's something that kind of grew and adapted over time that I realized it's something that I really needed to embrace and really need to be across and use strategically on mm. my journey. Um, because whether you like it or not, you do have a personal brand. Yeah. So you, ha you kind of have to control it. Yeah, yeah. Um, for those watching at home, what have been, because PR probably, sounds like it's probably something that's always come naturally and relatively mm. intuitive to you. What uh, advice would you give to an early stage entrepreneur who wants to PR their consulting business or whatever it might be. Yeah. I mean, I guess, look, I'll be honest, obviously we're in a pretty cool industry and, and yeah. people do kind of think our, our story is cool and that yeah. our industry is quite cool. Yeah. The second time around with the tech business, it's a very different story. You know, mm. there's a dime a dozen tech businesses starting. Mm. So um, I think getting really, really clear about what your values are and what your tone of voice is and what your ethos is and what you stand for oh, and then trying to get really, really clear about how you can... Um, display that in your market, I suppose. Yeah. So we spend a lot of time sitting down and writing out, okay, well, yeah, what are our core values? What do we want to be perceived as? And mm. then how can we feature in publications that identify with that? Um, mm. How can we partner with brands that, you know, are, are clear on our core values as well? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think getting really, really clear about those sort of core values, being yeah. available, being organized, like yeah. this is a pet peeve of mine when people come to me and ask for advice on, you know, how to get PR and they don't have headshots, they don't have a website, they, mm. they don't have any of these things ready to go. The fundamentals. All of the stuff that you and I know that the media yeah. just need at the drop of a hat and yeah. you know, an interview can come up tomorrow and you yeah. just need to be available and have all of those things That's ready right. to go. It's so. always a tight, the deadline is always 5pm today. Yes, So exactly. you need to be able to go, here's everything, call yeah. me. Call me. Yeah. Here's, yeah, here's everything pre-prepared. Yeah. Make it as easy and as painless and seamless for them Gotta as possible. Got to do their job for them. Exactly. Love They're busy that. people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Journal particularly today, right? Yeah. Because like, like if you take, I won't mention names, but there's some magazines that come to mind, but they used to have a whole like floor of a building in Melbourne and now there's two people, mm. you know, so it goes yeah. from 80. And so they've always been overworked. It's always been deadline driven, but now yeah. more so than ever. So Absolutely. the more you can go, here's a, link to a folder in Google Dropbox, Drive or Dropbox, yep. whatever it is. Exactly. Um, 
And just go. like us, the volume of content that they need to put out. If you yeah. can come to them with great opinion pieces or thought leader pieces and say, here's some pre-prepared content, yeah. or here's all of the attributed quotes, here's yeah. some imagery to go with it. I was reading really your blog today. Oh, were you? Very, very oh, cool. I'm I was, so glad to hear. <laughs> I was very impressed. <laughs> Anything jump out at you? Any the Snapchat blog I was ah, reading. I okay. absolutely loved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It was really great, wasn't it? Because it... it, it we a love lot... a collaboration, you know. I think that's really cool too. I didn't even realise that was a collaboration. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Tom, that's the guy that wrote cool. it, had reached out and said, like, you know, I think there's a really great synergy between what we're doing yeah, and I'd wow. love to write a guest blog for you. And I was like, absolutely. Gotcha. So. Yeah, because it seemed very organic. And, and there's a lot that's been written about Snapchat, but reading your blog on the, you know, the blog that appeared on your website on Snapchat, I, there was actually new stuff there. So that was very, very cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so that's awesome. another thing I would recommend. Reach out to people and ask to collaborate. I'm also the yeah. biggest one for like the cold email and cold phone call. I don't mind that. Yeah. I always reach out to people that I admire who I think, you know, we could, there'd be some synergies. We could work together. I'm like, can we find a way? Like, let's have a coffee. And I'm sure that there's like something we could do together. And yes. Yeah. People really appreciate that. Totally. Very, very cool. Rosie, how are the questions looking? We've got lots of questions coming in. Good. Shoot. Okay, let's go with Lisa's question. So Lisa and Dana both ask if you're entering a market which already has a number of players, how do you differentiate yourself and your brand? I think getting really, really clear on what you, how you are different and getting really clear on how to communicate those best. So whether that is sitting there, I mean, we've got an amazing creative director as well um, and a PR agent and publicist um, that we work with on things like that. But it comes from your core team, sitting down with your team and going, okay, well, what, how are we different and how are we going to communicate that and make it really, really clear and simple. Um, people don't want to be inundated with lots and lots of different fancy messages. Mm. It needs to be really clear. It needs to be really crisp and concise. It needs to be on your homepage and it needs to just, you need to drive that message home like repeatedly over and over again because we all know we're all saturated with information day in, day out across so many different channels. It needs to speak across all of it. Consistency, you know, across all of your channels, making sure your social channels talk back to your website, talk back to what you're saying on your personal website. People need to know that it needs to be really clear. Mm. Mm. So agree. Uh, from my view, I would reiterate what Taryn said earlier in that you're talking about your life and world pre-Wink and you knew, you, you, you said you, there, was, there was inefficiencies and there were inequalities and you understood the consumer. She understood, you understood your yeah. consumer, because you were your consumer, right? You were scratching your own itch. It's the same with me with Entourage and MBE, my business prior to this, mm -hmm. to a degree, in that I am my student in a lot of ways. And so if I ever look at a, at a marketplace that's saturated, per se, I go fucking amazing, love that, because it's proof of concept that there is a yeah, marketplace. Absolutely. And I have a, I'd say a healthy disrespect, maybe a huge disrespect, for the standard of business in most businesses, in most industries, particularly in Australia, I'm sorry to say, but it's true, right? And my view is, is it's the marketer and the business that can best understand, empathize with and communicate the problems of their consumer are the business that wins. So don't be perturbed or uh, sort of intimidated by lots of competition. If there's lots of competition and, and therefore a marketplace and you connect with the consumer better than the rest of them, which is what we do in education, it's what you do in modeling, then uh, you steal market share, right? Like we're stealing market share from universities and universities education is one of the biggest industries in Australia because we understand learning and we understand education, we understand our consumer better than just about anybody, mm. right? And the same is. And I really true love what you. you said about not being fearful, just because there's other players in that market. Yeah. I think it's so true. Like if there's 
there's obviously a proof of concept there. There's a requirement for, yeah, yeah. for what we both do. And even if there's that. like eight zeros after their revenue number, like even if they're doing hundreds yeah. of millions, billions of dollars of revenue. Yeah. And, you know, we see, I see this now, particularly with that. Uh, we started a business recently called the Entourage Beanstalk. So we deliver entrepreneurial and innovation training into large businesses like Suncorp mm -hmm. and governments and, you know, really large organizations. It's the same, it's, they face the same challenges that every other, so, so even if they're big, don't be intimidated by them. It's not the big that beats the small, it's whoever best understands the consumer. They that's win. That's how disruption happens, right? That's, ex that's exactly how disruption, yep. particularly when they get, you and I could talk all fucking night, we probably will. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Sorry, good people of Facebook, you will be here all night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> particularly when they get big and there's eight zeros after the, like if they're doing a hundred million dollar revenue, billion dollar revenue, um, with Slow growth, that's right. With growth and size and bureaucracy comes a disconnect from mm -hmm. consumer. So if there's large, like super, like extra large competitors, again, I go fucking big tick, let's go, and yeah. we'll just build a relationship. And traditionally, with the those incumbents are focused on that top twenty percent yeah. where they earn, you know, all of their profits from exactly. this bottom 20 that's being underserviced or you know really need have has a different requirement but has nowhere else to go yeah so you go in and go and target yeah yeah get that 80 percent mm. rosie's rosie's a bit of a time freak all righty rosie's getting my phone so she could snap and she's going to hit us with the next question how are you enjoying us jack so far oh I love it. I'm going to be here every night. You can Sorry. swear more, you yeah. know. Oh, can I? Yeah, we, we swear. I don't we, know we swear. Allowed. Allowed. <laughs> I swear. I spent all pretty this much time anything is allowed here. Yeah. Life, yeah. And now it's like, this is my calling. <laughs> <laughs> We're home here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Should have got that brief. Yeah, yeah. So. We'll fix that for future. <laughs> okay, next question comes from Jono. He says, You mentioned the hard slog. What's the hardest lesson or epiphany you've had in managing employees? Oh, question. yeah. Managing employees is the hardest part of business, hands down. If there was no people in business, it would be so much easier, wouldn't it? It was just, just you on your own. It is so, so difficult. How many people do Learning you have? how to manage it. Well, we've got six in each business yeah. at the moment and, um, and two in New York and one in Bangkok. Wow. And it's, it is, it's really, really hard. And mm. I'm not a natural born manager at all. Mm. Um, I'm very much an entrepreneur and I think those two things can be very, very different things. Yes. Um, and I think it takes a long time to learn how to, and each person's different, how to motivate them, how to manage them, how to lead them, how to inspire them. It's a really, 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 t I wish I could tell you there was a silver bullet and there's a mm. book to read that has all the answers, but mm. there mm. isn't. It's just really, really tough. Mm. Um, Learning how, how to delegate for me was really, really difficult. Just um, trying to actually give away control over certain parts of projects or was really, really difficult for me. So that's something I struggled with. Um, learning how to delegate and letting people fail even harder, letting them learn through the process is really, really tough. Um, it's been a real challenge for me. Mm, so mm. I'm not gonna say that I've got any sort of yeah, magic answer for you. Mm. I've had lots of challenges learning how to hire, learning how to fire, mm, mm. learning how to let people go quickly when you know, when you identify that they're not the right cultural fit and yeah. that it's time to go. Yeah. They're all really, yeah, really challenging situations you go through as a business owner. Yeah. But you do come out the other side, you know, each one is challenging and you learn and you, yeah. you take something from it. Yeah. So. 
I'm going to ask you a question on the back of that. However, before I do, what I want, everybody watching on Facebook right now, I want you guys to tell us and do this now because I'm going to ask Rosie for it in a second. What's been your biggest challenge managing people? Your biggest challenge when it comes to Make managing like it's not and just leading. Me. It's, I can, it's <laughs> definitely not just Taryn. We know that. What's your, <laughs> what is your yeah. biggest challenge? So through all of that, have you ever had, what's your biggest epiphany been? Has there ever been a moment where you've tried something or done something or had a conversation or hosted a presentation for your team or something and then gone, wow, that really worked. I should do more of that. Mine was getting a mentor. Mm. I got a mentor. I've sort of always had informal mentors um, since I very first started out, but yeah. I got a sort of more formalized mentor about two years ago. Mm. And it was like an a, like a real epiphany for me, just the knowledge that they have to share, the access to, to networks and things like that. And I, yeah. I marched into Team Whip and I was like, all of you must get mentors, all of you, out. Like, go and find yourself a mentor. <laughs> mentors are amazing. Be off with you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> go and find someone to inspire you and be amazing. And uh, it was so it was the best thing that I could have done for my team. Like they really, I think I was trying to be um, part of that role for for them. And you can't be, you know, all things yes, to all people. Hundred percent. And they needed to find someone that they really identified with, and that yeah. you know that they really had that chemistry with. And yeah. So. And there, and, and, an element of familiarity also forms with you, right? Yes. Particularly if you're always in the office, uh, like. You, you could be saying something and then they might go and see a mentor that they catch up with once a month for sushi and the mentors, whoever. Uh, and so they're really excited about that meeting. They rock up with their notepad and whatever. And the mentor, and they come back and the mentor told me this. And you're thinking in the back of your head, I've told you that fucking nine times in the last two weeks. <laughs> totally. Uh, you, don't, you don't say yeah. it, but you yeah. go, that's awesome. Good idea. You know. So glad you arrived at that on your own. Yeah, exactly. No, there's, yeah. There's, that exactly and it's someone to keep them accountable as well yeah. i think because you know you're breathing over them day in day out yeah. being like we, we got to get there we got well, you know we need to move forward yeah them you know going away seeing someone once yeah. a month it's and a going wow course. where did we actually get to in that last month since mm. i saw you and mm. and have i actually met those those goals that yeah. i said i was going to do and did yeah. i challenge myself and yeah, yeah i yeah. think it's really really important yeah it is completely important um my biggest epiphany when it comes to managing people uh, is probably around the growth and development stuff. I, in the early years, I spent a lot of time, similar to, to what we were just talking about, in terms of trying to get, and this is probably like two iterations of a team ago, so it was many, many years ago, uh, trying to get my people to do more growth and development according to their own initiative. So go mm -hmm. find a mentor, read a book, yeah. whatever it is, uh, but don't rely on me for all of the mm -hmm. answers type thing. And I wasn't getting any traction for many, many months. They, they sort of weren't, although they said they wanted to do it, they sort of weren't doing it to the degree that I wanted them to be. And then almost by accident on a Monday morning meeting one time, I outlined just a little bit of our forward-looking three-year strategy. And what happened, and then I probably had, I don't know, 10 people at this point. What happened is they all sat around and gone, wow, I now know where we're going. I now know who I need to become. Yeah in order to get there. I so agree with this. One of my favorite quotes in the world is by, and I always stuff up his name, it's Antoine de Saint-Pierre, I think. It's probably not, <laughs> but You should be that's... fluent French. <laughs> <laughs> How good was that? All you were doing was eating the Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wine, you should have so seen me on Snapchat in Paris, <laughs> trying to, pre I'm, like, I'm at Musée d'Orsay. Just doesn't work. Butchered it. Yeah, but yeah, I've butchered the French language for the last four weeks. I am sorry to Can everybody. Can you continue to do so here tonight? Yeah. <laughs> Why stop Why now? Stop now? Why stop now? And he says, if you want to build a ship, don't bark orders. It's not bark. Don't give orders uh, and ask people to drum up the wood. 
teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. Beautiful. And in terms of like one epiphany, and so that's what vision, I always talk about vision, mission, values. It was really cool to hear you talk about values before. Vision and mission is, is it's what is the vast and endless sea out, and talk about that and talk about that. And when you mm -hmm. think you've spoken about it too much, talk about it a fucking gan. Yeah. Right. And, and if you continue to do that, and you'll always need to offer direction and guidance and mentorship. It's not about uh, sort of dispelling any of that. It's just about give them visibility, help them yearn for the vast and endless sea in the future. And they'll work out, if they're the right people, they'll work out who they need to become. And if yeah. they're not, let them go. Yeah. Push them off the ship. Yeah, yeah. damn straight. No, yeah. I totally agree with that. You need to find those people that want to get in the trenches with you and that they're so like so ingrained in, in what you believe in and where you're going yeah. on this journey. They're like, they're going to go to war with you every single yeah. day. They get yeah. in those we'll trenches. Go above and beyond they, and yeah. do the mentor. Yeah, all yeah. of that. Sort of, not, exactly. They can see do the, the vision. Don't do the <laughs> mentorship. <laughs> do, do, do the no. mentorship That's thing. That's not my advice. No. <laughs> That's not, nor is it mine. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting lots of comments from the audience. They're also saying, don't do your mentor. <laughs> Sometimes when I do, because I think so fast, my mouth doesn't go. And so I stop, so I stop mid-sentence so and I move on to the next one. Just do the mentor thing, I think is what I was going to say. <laughs> anyway, we can move on from that. Seek out a mentor that you have a professional relationship with. Thank you, Taryn. You. you can come anytime. <laughs> I need Taryn as a safety net. All right, Rosie. Yeah. So this one comes from... Did we get challenges from them? What were their biggest challenges? Okay, cool. So Elizabeth said incentivize or award. Melanie says managing creative brains where all ideas are precious and redirect focus of the creative group. It's about how do you honour and encourage ideas while still being able to say that idea sucked. You know, yeah. like that's a, that's a delicate yeah. balance. Yeah. Tom says definitely agree. Delegating is the hardest thing I've ever had to overcome. That's what I reckon the vast majority of entrepreneurs say, mm, yeah. is it's that letting go, because we're control freaks. Yeah, and you think it's so much faster if you just do it yourself. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, no one else will ever do it as well, so I yeah. need to just continue to do it myself forever. Yeah. And then they make That's one mistake, really like, I knew it, yeah. only I can do it, yes. nobody else can yeah. do anything. I told you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. Cool, all right, Rosie, next question. When you did all of this before, how many minutes did that add up to? Um, it was adding <laughs> I lost count. Wow. Yeah, oh good, 15. All right, so another 10. We're probably at 20 now though. So this one comes from Luke. He says, how do you build a brand story around your brand? How important is your brand to drive PR? I'd love to hear your view on that. Great question. Yeah, you need to differentiate yourself, absolutely. Like you need to have, um, and I think this can come down to like a lot of different things. In my case, people I think will also say it comes down to um, a particular look. And, you know, there's also the stories of entrepreneurs who dress a particular way or wear one consistent uniform outfit every single day. You know, Steve Jobs was a classic yeah. case of that. Yeah. He was very identifiable because of that. So mm. I think you do need to get really, really clear in differentiating yourself. And you can't be all things to, to, to all people, as we sort of keep saying. So 100%. you can't just be the next female entrepreneur or the next whatever it is, yeah. tech entrepreneur. Yeah. Get really, really clear on, on what your message is and what your brand story is. And... Um, what three things you're going to, to hold close to your chest and what your values are and speak about them and con consistently continue to speak about them and hold them close to your chest and say, this is what, this is what I want to be known for. This is what I can authentically speak about. This is what I truly believe in. And it can't be this 
contrived, this exactly. is what I hate seeing, is that yeah. really contrived, yeah. lame, awkward, you know, I can't follow this person on social media anymore kind of <laughs> brand where you're like, I'm trying to be something that I'm not. I'm trying yes. to craft this version of me that lives externally and, you know, it must be exhausting, number one. Yes, um, but number two, anyone with half a brain can see straight through that. Exactly, and yeah. Authenticity is yes. such a key word for me in, in brand. Yes. It has to be an extension of you. Otherwise, it will be incongruent. People will see. You'll yeah. burn out. Yeah. Who wants to do that anyway? No. Mm. Totally agree with you. Cool. So, yeah, find something that you authentically care about and believe in and that you yeah. can talk, like, in in all honesty and, yeah. and care about. And that was Jobs' magic, mm. you know. In, like, he obsessed about technology and how technology could affect consumers and how it could help us sort of move civilization forward and... You know, so he was great at it. He loved yeah. creativity, he loved simplicity, he loved design. So Apple is, was and is, a, a, a true reflection and an extension of jobs. And in my view, it's that, it's that authenticity. It often comes from founder-led businesses. Mm. It's, the, it's an advantage that we have yeah. that UBS Bank doesn't. Yeah, people or, want to identify with a human yeah. being behind <clears throat> a brand. That's right. And, and a founder-led brand... Because the founders around, hopefully, can, can breathe that personality into it yeah. really effectively. And inspire their workforce. Like, we're going to be really, really, really good at doing exactly. leading and not being dictators, right? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Love that rosy next question. I've got a really good question around that actually personal branding. This one comes from Tom. He asks, how important is linking your personal profile to your brand? I have a fear of making the business look too small when I'm trying to be disruptive in the industry, but also understand the importance and trust that using your personal profile gives the brand. Why, why is he fearful of it? I mean, so many great businesses started from, from Tom. Tom, why are you fearful? Like, it's Talk to us, so, Tom. so many businesses started from just one person, one founder, um, and went on to disrupt an entire industry. Don't be fearful of... And fear is a terrible reason to make any sort of decision. You know, oh. they, they come from two places, don't they? Fear and love, and think fear is a terrible. Don't be, don't be led by fear. All of us have started somewhere, and ever. I mean, I started one man band. Like you know, that's where you start. That's a great place to start from. And you know, if if your um, consumers, or I'm not sure what space you're operating in, can feel that passion and that energy and that drive and that verve, why would they not want to come on that journey with you? I love what you just said. Fear is not a good space to be making to sit like that's, yes, so, so profound. Um, from a branding perspective, Tom, my argument to you would be people connect more with people than they do brands, right? So we connect more with people than we do businesses. And so, I, and, and so there's a distinction between being the face of your business and your personal brand enhancing your business brand. Difference between that and being the brand, right? Like a Tony Robbins mm. is the brand. If he's not on stage, the wheels aren't turning. Love Tony and yeah, and he, he certainly got a lot more ventures today. And so what I just said is only true to a very small degree these days. But if you go back 10 or 20, 20 years ago, he needed to be on stage. Um, and so we're, we're not talking about that. But if you think about like a, a Richard Branson to a Virgin or a Steve Jobs to an Apple or a mm. Taron to, to a Wink, right? Um, you can construct it in such a way where you're not the brand, but your personal identity uh, adds personal equity and brand equity to the brand. The other thing is, is your business can't do interviews, right? The entourage can't go on Sky Business. 
or on sunrise. Someone's got to be the mouthpiece, right? And so I think it's just about being comfortable. Only if you are comfortable, right? This is the other thing is yes. if you're not, then just own that, right? Like I don't have the view that everybody should go out and build a personal brand. I think it's useful. I think it's effective. Mm -hmm. I think even if it's uncomfortable, you should still try. But if you absolutely hate it, like my view is, and it comes yeah. back to this authentic, authenticity thing, right? Is you just need to do whatever's true for you. So provided you're not completely against it, I think particularly in the early years it can help. If you're fearful that one day it'll help prevent you from selling the business, then a couple of years before you sell the business, you dilute your involvement from the brand, the brand stands on its own two feet and you sell it a few years later. And so there's so many different ways you can maneuver the whole journey so that there is very little downside and no need for fear. Yes, agreed. And the only other option, because as you say, businesses do need some sort of talking face mm. if you're going to put someone else in that role be very very careful yeah. about you know that yeah. that opens up a whole i, I would be much yes. more fearful of that the same 100 percent. So. yeah yeah very good call how are we doing rosie we're going over time oh okay are we wrapping okay now i'm talking to them about something what am i talking to them about you're talking to them about our new free pr short course Guys, we've recently developed a PR short course for you guys. We've done it for free. I think I actually told them when we did an Ask Jack about a month ago. I filmed it just before we filmed an Ask Jack about a month ago. Uh, it's a whole bunch of videos. It's a whole bunch of resources. It's an ebook, uh, all around how you can generate uh, PR and media, media attention for your personal brand and your business brand for free in a way which cuts through the advertising that your larger competitors are paying for. So if you're watching on Facebook, it'll be in the comments below. If you're watching on this video, it'll be in the comments or somewhere around this particular video. Now, so that's that, get that, it's fucking amazing. And if you're looking to build a brand, it will help you and enable you to do that and more importantly, become the person that can do it repeatedly. Taryn, you are amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. That was really, <laughs> was really such cool. A pleasure. This for we could me. have spoken for three hours, maybe more. <laughs> so Taryn's got to come back, I think, for another episode sometime. Now, for all of these people who want to follow you, how do we do that? Yes, so you can follow all of us, um, all of our businesses on Instagram. Um, so at Wink Models or at dot the right fit, and me just at Taryn Williams. Love it. At dot the right fit at the right dot fit the right so at the right dot, dot fit, fit. Yeah. rosie will also put that in the URL. comments for facebook we'll put that under that's also the url and then your personal one was taryn williams taryn williams easy yeah that's an easy one guys thank you so much for tuning in facebook live thank you guys for tuning in if you're on facebook live hit us with your main takeaways in the comments below if you're watching this hit us with your name main takeaways name makeaways in the comments below <laughs> we look forward to speaking with you next time <laughs>